Hey, this is Max, and you're listening to The Uncommon Truth, where we're in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Today on the show, we're going to be having a conversation with Nathan Taylor. Like my wife and I, Nathan and his wife, Lindsay, moved down from Canada to check out the Father's House Church and to be urban missionaries down here in Oroville, California. And so we're going to be talking to him a little bit about that and to see how our journeys are similar, how they're different, and see what he's learned over the past five and a little bit of years that he's been here. Before we get into that discussion, if you're new to the show, I'd like to invite you to go back to listen to some of our back catalog of episodes. They're what we call evergreen content, so we're not talking about too much current events or anything like that. If you're just picking up the show now, definitely go back and listen to some of the episodes you haven't heard, and uh, and I think we'll, you'll find those worth the listen. If you're not so new to the show, I'd like to invite you to leave us a rating or a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform that you use. That just helps us get into more people's hands so that they can hear conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. And when we're all finished talking with Nathan, stick around and I will tell you some ways that you can get connected with myself and the other things we do here at The Uncommon Truth. So without that being said, let's get to our conversation with Nathan Taylor here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, welcome to The Uncommon Truth, Nathan Taylor, a sort of fellow Canadian. I'm not really Canadian, but I've lived there long enough to be able to talk like this, eh? <laughs> and uh, somebody, Nathan's somebody who I grew a little bit more close to during the NHL playoffs last year when we spent... Yeah, nothing brings uh, two Canadians together, two half-Canadians together like hockey. Like hockey, eh? Right? Yeah. Half Canadian because you're from the Ontario area. It's not r- really <laughs> Canadian, or I, I, I'm half Canadian because I lived up there, but I'm actually American. I have some Canadian kids. I'm full Canadian, but I'm adopting the American lifestyle. Okay, well we'll we'll find out. It's not the the total American lifestyle, but <laughs> uh, we bonded a little bit uh, in our last year here. Nathan Nathan's gonna share some of his story, um, and it's it's. A little bit similar to mine. Hope, I'm hoping mine plays out a little bit like his. And uh, but before we do that, because we are a real podcast, I'm going to go ahead and give your bio as real podcast hosts do. So Nathan Taylor is yeah. an urban missionary serving in, here in Oroville, California. He's at the Father's House Church. Works with the School of Transformation here. He's originally from Newmarket, Ontario. Him and his his wife Lindsay, and um, was a former contractor, business owner. And uh, decided to get into full-time ministry, what, five years ago? Uh, a little over five years ago. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's the professional bit out of the way. Um, I think we checked all the bo- boxes. Yeah. We got into, we were, we were watching hockey together with our friend Kevin. So shout out to Kevin if he, if he ever listens. I don't think he does, but may, we'll maybe we'll if see. he's hanging out around some guys at the truck listening. But um, we'll, we won't tell him we mentioned him. <laughs> But we we started watching both of our teams, and one of our teams didn't make it far enough into the playoffs to keep watching. Um, but what, the, what are you trying to say? My my team did, <laughs> and we yeah we we're talking about hockey again because the play or the regular season just started a couple of days ago, and and the Avalanche are back to their winning ways, beating I another have, Canadian team. I have this sad sad affliction of being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah, well, all their all their payroll is this is this is a, a Western consumerism thing that because we can talk about that stuff here on the podcast. They've got all their payroll tied up into 
three players who are really, really good, and then it's and it's the rest uh, of them are are not quite but up to snuff, right? This year's the year, Max. You know, this year's the year. Okay, well, I'll take your word on it. We might have to have you back on a later episode. What when's the playoffs around April? And yeah, we'll start. I'm busy around April, I think. But yeah, I'm sure you'd say you're busy right now. You um, can have me again in October next year, and I'll say this year's the year. Okay, great. So I, I'm not sure uh, setting the stage here a little bit. Sometimes we're we're in our our church right now. We're our church is doing renovations. Uh, we're preparing madly for two services coming up. Mm. First time ever this weekend that two services is happening. So we've got a like an extra little building outside going up. They're paving parking lots. Everything. Everything so, looks great. So we're now actually at our School of Transformation building. And a couple episodes ago, I sat down here with Steve and I told him. You know, Steve, we're pre- actually pretty lucky because our neighbor is a is a really cool guy, but he's always got this Latin music just blaring, and I'm hoping hoping we're not going to pick it up, but it's going right now. Um, some of the other people here, uh, some of the other staff members were saying, you know, like that just adds a little bit of the the Orville Southside yeah. Orville vibe. Um, so if you can imagine where you're at right now, we've got. Just a colorful group of neighbors and lots of chickens and Latin music. And yes, lots of chickens. The one chicken behind the school, there's there's a whole yard full of chickens, and somehow the exact same chicken has figured out how to escape this like yeah. this nest of, of wire and string and stuff and just walks around our, our it yard. It can be completely quiet all day long until uh, you're right in the middle of some deep ministry and you know, yeah. some quiet time with the Holy Spirit and then decides to sing a song. Yeah, the the song or the the chicken or the game I play is is it a rusty wagon or a whimpering dog? <laughs> and sometimes you can go quite a long time without figuring out the answer to that question because it's just you know like hmm, somebody dragging a a wagon in need of WD forty or <laughs> is someone dragging a dog? Who knows? Um, anyway, th- thanks for joining us. We're, we're here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Um, we'll keep you posted with the things that drive by or the people who walk by or the uh the music that's going on here it's really good to to paint a picture right um so i I asked nathan onto the show today because i think his his journey in christianity uh, has mirrored mine a little bit and uh this is our 26th episode it's it's been 20 25 it feels like a sort of an anniversary somewhat so it just felt right to have some you know revisit that first one where i talked about my wife Shreya and I uh, moving here. It took took us a, about a year or two to decide we we're going to move here, and then we pulled the the plug or pulled the trigger and moved from where we had been running a summer camp in Canada, eh, and decided to come down here in our little Subaru that we've since sold, dragging the smallest U-Haul trailer <laughs> that you can actually get because it's the only U-Haul trailer that the Subaru could pull, and ending up putting down roots here in in Orville. And somehow showing up with more stuff than any of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm surprised that Subaru made it over all the mountain ranges that we had to cross. Um, but I, I thought it would be cool to have you on and hear a little bit of, of your story. So um, well, I'm really glad to be here. So tell me tell me a little bit like how how you first became a Christian. How, when when was the first time you considered yourself a Christian? Um. Well, I think I I have a very relatable story to a lot of people. Uh, I grew up in the church. You know, I was mm-hmm. born into a Christian family. 
Um, my mother was was an excellent example of following God. Uh, she always pushed our family in the direction of faith, uh, pushed our family in the direction of trusting Jesus when when everything was crumbling around us. But uh, unfortunately, as a young child, I, uh, I could recognize a lot of hypocrisy in the church. I could recognize a lot of people saying one thing and doing another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think at the age of around 11, 12, I had, I had decided I didn't want to uh, be a Christian. I wanted to believe in God, but I didn't want to be associated with uh, what I saw going on in the church. Mm. And uh, that led me through a season of really rejecting God, um, really embracing the world and the, the, the lusts and the temptations and the, just the enticement of the world for, for a number of years. Um, until right around my 20th birthday, I began to, uh, really grow tired of that life, grow tired of my sin. My, my mother's prayer was always that, that I would tire of my sin, that it would lose its enticement on me. And, and it did right around, right around my 20th birthday, I hit what I affectionately call my, my rock bottom. I, uh, woke up just to the emptiness that I was living in, woke up to, uh, to the selfishness that I was living in. And, and, uh, late one night after a Tom Petty concert, I was sitting on my couch. You went to the Tom Petty concert. I went to a Tom Petty concert and, uh, I was sitting on my couch and, and, uh, the late night, uh, televangelist was on. Okay. And, uh, he uh, was sharing just about the father's love and uh, how desperately the father is is longing for us to know him, longing for him to know how much he loves loves us. And uh, for whatever reason, mainly because I, I was so empty at the time, um, that message rocked me to the core. And I began uh, to consider pursuing God again, con- uh, I began to uh, want to be around Christians. Hmm. I wanted to um, give it another go, so to speak. So I, uh, uh, long story short, short, I ended up at a at a prayer meeting um, where I just fell down on my knees in front of a, a group of believers and just told them that I needed to uh, confess my sins, I needed prayer, and uh, Jesus really met me in that moment. Hmm. And uh, so from from my 20th birthday on, I, I really began to pursue the Lord, and that's when I would I would call myself, I would begin to call myself a Christian. Okay. Uh, that was when it, I had always known that God existed. I always knew that he, um, even when I was out in the world sinning, I never fully rege- I never fully rejected the idea that he was out there. Um, I just kind of I had decided that the people that represented him in my early childhood, um, if if that's what he wanted me to live like, I wasn't going to live like. Hmm. I couldn't. I was never one for hypocrisy, so I couldn't. I couldn't follow him through the through the constraints from the through the the four walls of the church 
Um, but when I actually did encounter him, uh, when I, when I turned 20, I, I was healed in an instant and I wanted to be involved with mm. the church. I wanted to be in, involved within the, the four, four walls of, of the church. And I, I began to put myself in every prayer meeting that I could find every church service that where the doors were open. And I went, uh, very early on, I went into uh, out on the mission field with groups and, and saw just incredible miracles, incredible proof that God was alive and well and loving people. And uh, shortly after that, I, I, I joined a, a school of ministry and uh, really began my journey there and um, wanted to be everything that... Uh, I wanted to be a real Christian. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to be everything that God uh, was expecting of me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, that does sound really, really similar to a lot of stories I've heard, where it's, uh, it's not, it's not like some external force that pulls people away from growing up in the church, like, uh, like an apologetic or, or a worldview thing. It's, it's more, some of the things we talk about on on the podcast quite often of the things where it's it's just the the way the church has i guess em, embraced embraced the world a little bit or uh, you know when i hear you talking i think okay well why would you why would you want to embrace the four walls of the church as a as a kid when you see the things in the church aren't really much different than the the things outside of the church just with more rules right so yeah. why would you as a as a young kid on the edge of being a teenager it's like why would why would any kid like that say yeah i'll take more rules please right like um my mine was a little bit a little bit um opposite i guess i never really found myself in a church uh i i guess until i was about 12 and i ended up going because there was uh there was free snowboarding and cute girls right and so i I went there. My wife doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's all right. <laughs> She's got t- too many kids to wrangle. So, um, so yeah, we. That's how I ended up there, and then and I was I was playing stump a Christian, trying to because I to start off I was smarter than the other kids about what they actually believed because I I was trying to prove them wrong. But I was met by real Christians who were really, really gentle and and you know kind of like pat me on the head like they're there angsty teen like yeah we're, we're gonna answer your questions and, and they actually answered them well but they did it like lovingly and and so i i think like i don't know like i can i can find a lot i feel like there's a lot in common yeah you know between some somewhat between my story and yours but i just hear i hear that a lot mm-hmm. one follow-up question i had was were you heartbroken after the Tom Petty, Tom Petty concert. Was it Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Or was it just, <laughs> just Tom? Oh, it was a, a heartbreaking yeah. concert. Um, was there anything I, about I brought, the concert? I brought that, an ex-girlfriend to a Tom Petty concert to try and woo her heart back. Oh, and, that's the and, rock bottom. And uh, my heart did leave broken. Oh, man. But it wasn't because of the Heartbreakers. It wasn't because okay. of the Heartbreakers. I'm sure Sorry. they were fantastic. <laughs> we were talking about puns before we started, and <laughs> it's just carried over. We were talking about our the hockey player um, we watched in the playoffs last year, yeah. Kale McCarr, and, mm-hmm. and how the announcers kept saying, 
uh, my car hits him hard in the corner. And it's like, my car? What? So unfortunately for you podcast listeners, our, our horrible puns, if, if our friend Kevin was here, he would make... Oh, he's the pun master. He would make even worse. But um, sorry to just derail my car there um, off the tracks. So let's pick up the story. Where did, where did you go? What did you do uh, after, after that school of, of ministry? Was that the Toronto school? The yeah. School, yeah. Uh, what's so it called? Catch school the of Fire Min- School of Ministry in Toronto. Okay. Um, it was, it was a, a great time in my life. Really, um, the experiences that I had in that school really set me afire to, uh, really have a passion to follow God, to give him my all. Um, after the school, I felt, uh, a real strong call into, uh, to business, um, I, I grew up in a trades family. I, I have a uncle who's a builder, and and my dad who um, was a professional, but he was all he grew up in a uh, trades family as well. And so we were always renovating, always purchasing mm-hmm. homes. And that's a real Canadian on. thing I found. Like there's so many people, and way more than in the states. That, yeah. Um, like, and I I think they've I've heard a lot about that. Like, why don't we teach people to go into the trades anymore? Right. But in my time in Canada, that was like a, that was a big thing. Like, yeah. you know, let's, let's actually get people, we need stuff built. We need stuff plumbed. We need electrical, right? Like, I think especially, uh, in Christian circles, maybe it's cause Jesus was a carpenter, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, uh, so I felt, you know, a real call to, to business and, and, uh, went into uh, a season of, uh, buying homes and flipping them. And, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord uh, really blessed me in that season. He He also challenged me in a, in a lot of different ways as I as I began to really hear His voice, recognize um, recognize uh, what He was bringing me into different areas of trust. You know, we were, we found a lot of success in in what we were doing, and I was able to bless a lot of ministries in that time. And mm-hmm. and uh, I began to get a lot of. Uh, prophetic words uh, uh, just about the Lord wanting to bless me in business a lot of dreams that I had had as a child I, I was I was seeing how they were uh, really coming to fruition and uh, um, it was it was a it was a really good time of my life there was a lot of growth in that time um, uh, I began to really uh, have to walk out that um my early christian belief how how to i had to begin to walk out purity i had to begin to uh walk out a life of trusting lord the lord and putting it all on the table for him mm-hmm. and uh the good thing is i found a lot of success i i was in, uh involved in a in a small church body and and i've had a lot of really good people around me that were able to help me grow, um, help me learn to trust the Lord, help me learn to to listen to His voice and follow Him. And I would, I would say I, I was doing really, really well. Okay. And and then uh, in 2010, uh, I took a little trip down here to Orville. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the bum 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 that for that forever changed my life. Um, really, it wasn't an overnight change, but it, it was really just a trip that inspired me to uh, want to be more, want to to love Jesus more. To um, while I was here, I was really um, inspired to develop more of my call to ministry. Um, at that time, I'd, I'd been to several places around the world. I'd been to to Brazil and Germany. and All for, like, missions work? For, and... All for missions work. The, one of the, the good things about being my own boss is I was able to... Uh, to schedule my own vacations and really could, I could pick up at a moment's notice yeah. for the most part. And, and, uh, every time, uh, our organization catch a fire would have, have a trip available. I tried to jump on it and, mm-hmm. you know, so I was seeing, I, I was seeing these amazing things happen all around the world. And, and I, I got to be a part of these amazing teams that would go in and, and, uh, really bless people and really, you know, was, had, the wonderful opportunity to see miracles happen all around the world yeah. and to, to see Jesus really alive and well. Um, and so, uh, I had a friend here in Orville who, who kind of shared a little bit about, um, what they were seeing and, and, uh, shared about the, uh, the urban missions, uh, P61 program that they had. And he said, you know, you know, I asked him if there was any teams coming down and he says, well, you don't really need a team to come down. You could yeah, just, you can just, you can just hop on a plane and come join us for a couple of weeks. And that's yeah. That's how we, we came down. We, yeah. we came down for, for a wedding first and then we, and we're like, oh, I think we'd, we'd like to come back. And so we sort of scheduled our own, our own little trip and they made, you know, they called this project 61, which I think is from Isaiah 61, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's going undergoing a name change now, but, it was like we were our own little team, our family, right? Yeah. And and so uh, the good thing about um, showing up on your own is that I was just kind of thrown into this community. Um, uh, there was no real team agenda. It was just me uh, joining this community and living alongside of them for, I, I think I was here two and a half weeks, two and a half, three weeks. Okay. Well, I have a question before we get into yeah. what you saw here in Oroville, because there's a few questions I ask everybody about their first impressions of Oroville. But um, before that, it seems like what you were describing in that, that time after your school of, of ministry, um, your time in business, it seems like that's that's kind of like the American dream. But I know you weren't American, but it the seems Canadian like that's where, that's where like Christianity today is that's like the pinnacle of, of the Christian life. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I see a lot of in, in a lot of Christian, uh, like publications and, and culture. It's, it's like, well, I've, I've made it, made it successfully financially and in, in business. I've got, got a lot of sway with the community and people around me. I can, I can be generous with my, my money and I can also live pretty, pretty comfortably so was there anything anything missing for you during that time or was there anything like did you feel like okay well now I've, I've got it made and I'm just ready to to keep 
keep at it for the rest of my life. Um, looking back at it, I know what was missing, but if, if we're being honest about where I was at um, in that season of my life, I really, I really believe I, I, I had followed the Lord to where he had me. Mm-hmm. And so at that time in my life, I think I was exactly where he needed me to be, wanted me to be. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't know. I knew there was something more mm-hmm. that he was leading me towards, but I didn't really begin to realize what was lacking in my life, realize where he was calling me to until I got back from this trip in Orville. Um, I What happened is I just... I, I showed up, I was able to be a part of this community for a couple of weeks and they really, they really drew upon a lot of, uh, things that were hiding inside of me. Mm. Um, you know, good things. They were, they were pulling out, uh, aspects of my character and, and my giftings and, and my God given talents that I knew were there, but didn't know how to use them, mm-hmm. uh, within, uh, within ministry, you know, didn't, didn't know how to use them practically, uh, for Jesus. So, but the funny thing about my trip, um, was while I was here, I actually, I, uh, I bought a house that came on the market in new market came on the market. In yeah. New market. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. I don't think so. But, uh, I was able to purchase it over the fax machine and, uh, email, back and forth signatures won't get into it but it was a a complete miraculous um god thing that i was able to get this house and uh i basically uh got super excited about the trip that i had here but i had zero plans of ever returning yeah (laughs) yeah um you know me buying a house while i was here was kind of the evidence the proof that that, you know, God, God was calling me back and that I had more to do in business more. Mm-hmm. He was calling me onwards into that. And, uh, it was really an instrument f- for him to, to light a fire in me to really pursue ministry in my own, in my own hometown, mm-hmm. new market. Um, so after this trip, I, uh, I began to get in- involved a lot heavier in ministry, um, started home groups. I, I did a, a youth drop-in center where I was able to, uh, uh, really talk to at-risk youth and be able to mm-hmm. begin to build relationship with them. The, the local newspaper did a, did a little article on us and, and things were, I was really beginning to get the ball rolling on my ministry yeah. in Ontario. And, and, uh, at the same time, my business was uh, really expanding. God was really blessing me with just really lucrative contracts. I was able to, you know, every, every time one job ended and I had nothing down the pipeline, I would just, I would tithe, I would, I would give an extra offering and the Lord would, you know, it would be the next day when I'd have a a huge contract come in Mm -hmm. and, and really began. I, I met my wife. I, I remember while I was in on this trip in Orville, I, I remember my my wife, um, who was just a, an acquaintance at the time, she, she emailed me about, um, about coming to, to my local church and, and, you know, it'd be nice to, to get a coffee. And, and I remember, uh, while I was here, I was, um, really didn't have marriage 
on on my radar really didn't have um that i wasn't really pursuing that but mm -hmm. uh as soon as i got back from that trip it, our relationship just really uh flourished we really became great friends and then we began to date and uh so there was a lot going on that was really good in my in that season after the trip uh 2012 comes along and and uh we get married um at this point we're we're doing a lot within our our local church we're we're running house groups we're uh, i'm still doing the youth drop-in center we're doing we're doing traveling uh to different places and different mission trips uh, and uh it comes along to uh middle of 2012 beginning of 2013 where we're beginning to go through some changes in our in our local church and uh we're asked to step up to a role of leadership where we'd begin to pastor the congregation um not as ordained ministers but as fill-in pastors mm -hmm. and, and uh you know, it's, it's a tough call to rise to, especially, you know, we had just this, uh, we had an amazing friend and amazing pastor and, and, uh, they really followed the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then they, they were called to, to step away, um, from our church. But every time someone you love steps out of a, a, a position of leadership, there's always people left behind hurt and, yeah. and wondering why and, and wondering where they fit in and, and, you know, the, you know, we had a lot. We had a lot of broken people, confused people that we were called to uh, really minister to and 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 love on. And the unfortunate part was that we were uh, really just not equipped yeah. for that in that season. So uh, we quickly we quickly uh, started to burn out, as they say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In yep. ministry, we, we, I began to, my big, my business began to grow more and more, and, and the, the juggle of, yeah, of how do I, how do I do what God's calling me to? How do I do what I have a passion for, and, and still, you know, run this business that He's blessed me with, and and, and be prosperous in both. So it's at that season in my life that I really began to see what was missing. Okay, and. uh um what was that it it was really looking for a christianity i wanted my christianity to look a certain way because i had been told it needed to look that way mm -hmm. and so i wanted to grow this business to be prosperous and and have have the the canadian dream the mm -hmm. american dream yeah yet at like the, we were talking about yeah yet at the same time i wanted to really help these people that were hurting i really wanted to be the leader that they needed to be and i didn't at the time i wasn't equipped to do both yeah and uh really what i i learned through the season is that jesus wasn't calling me to do both right and so what was missing in my life was really being able to know what he was calling me to, mm -hmm. to really, to really know what he wanted from me as a Christian 
what he wanted from me as a leader, what he wanted from me as, as somebody that um, was called to minister within his church. And uh, long story short is I stayed stubborn trying to do both mm-hmm. and, until it got to a point where it was really, really obvious that we couldn't and things yeah. started to unravel and they yeah. unraveled quickly. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I think that part probably hits a lot of people, just yeah. that. I mean, my wife and I were, were were very blessed that, like, we gave a year's notice for for uh, directing camp, and um, but we've been around a, a lot of situations and seen a lot of situations where it's it's just like, yeah, this this could have could have ended a lot sooner and a lot less painfully for everyone involved, right? Yeah. Well, and so as as it as it began to unravel. Uh, the beautiful, it was extremely painful for us. Um, but the beautiful part of it is, is we, in that season, we really began to hear, to hear God's voice and really began to see where he was leading us. And, and with real conviction, we were able to, to make decisions that, that changed the course of our lives and, and really brought us down here. Um, I don't know if we want to go into that. Yeah. I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear like what that transition was like because I, I've talked about it a little bit and um, talked about our first first impressions of Oroville and and all the crazy things we've seen and yeah. um, I updated every once in a while when you, we see you know a, another you know only in Southside thing yeah um, but but it hasn't it hasn't been it has been great and it's been really difficult and I think uh, a lot of a lot of the times we we talk about our transitions in into ministries or into into more giving our lives lives away for Jesus and into more commitment to Him, and we talk about it from the side of like, yeah, and now it's done, and so now when things are done, it's like, well, I might have run, I just ran five miles, and but it, it doesn't feel that hard now that you've accomplished it. But looking back, um, it it actually was really hard, you know, to to run and to keep running. And so for me, I'm, I'm about a year in and, and I, I would love to, I would love to continue. Like when I hear your story, I I think I picture steps, right? It wasn't, it's like, as soon as you, you re-met Jesus or, or came back and you experienced him, then it was, it was a sort of an upward climb, right? As Steve says, further up and farther in and at each step, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And yet you're also looking for the next step, right? Yeah. And so I, I want that. I want to keep going further up and farther in. Um, but I, I think people need to be really, like, honest. Or it, it's good to be honest with people, like, running running and climbing steps and things like that is difficult, right? And and so what was that, that whole journey like for you? Oh, wow. Uh. <laughs> I ask really long questions, so if you need me to I sum think, it down, I can do that. No, no, no. Um, I'm not even so sure what I asked. At I'll, this point. I'll start just uh, so right after our our church group there just kind of started to uh, unravel a little bit. We not that not that it there was a split or anything like that, but it was just you know changing direction. Um, we had to say goodbye to a number of our close friends and 
stuff like that. But Lindsay and I found ourselves in a position of, of really uh, needing to spend some time healing from that. And, and so we, we explored a, a number of different options of where we could go to, to really get some healing. We, we had thought of a number of different places around the world. One of, one of the biggest uh, contenders for us was, was uh, Africa to go to Iris in, in Mozambique. But uh, that's with Heidi Baker. With right? Heidi Baker and them, cool. and but what the amazing thing about Jesus is he's always got a plan. Mm-hmm. So the as we were in the middle of of filling out paperwork for Iris, a friend of ours said, "Hey, we're going to Oroville. Have you guys ever been?" And 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 I just I would instantly I was reminded of that that trip I took and how wonderful it was. And I, I said to my wife, I said, "There's no way that I could go on that trip," but. Uh, um, if you can book a, a ticket with these guys and, and, uh, you want to go, you can go. And it was the next week that they were flying out here. And so my wife went down and, and fell in love just as I had fallen in love with what, uh, everything that they were doing here in Orville. And, uh, so she comes back and I, she says, I think I want to go to Orville. And I said, I think that feels really, really right. And mm-hmm. we began to pray and, and we both had confirmation from the Lord that, Orville is where we should go. And uh, so at that point, we had to to start the process of selling our house, closing the business down. I had yeah. a number of different contracts that that I had uh, started and needed to finish. And uh, the funny thing about uh, <laughs> when the Lord tells you something, you know, the world always has something to offer. Yeah. In, and uh, to try and persuade you in, of another way. And, and that... That month we had we'd sat and we met Vic, Steve and Vicky and we really decided with them that we were coming to Orville and then that week I began to uh, just get crazy opportunities for for big projects that I had to turn down and 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 just there was a lot trying to draw us away from this decision but we had both decided that we had heard the Lord and, and we were going to go through with it so mm. that whole process took us about eight months. Okay. Eight months to sell our house. Our house just, you know, everything was selling in town, but for whatever reason, our house wasn't selling. Mm. It wasn't selling. We kept, we kept saying, our, we know our house is worth more, but we're going to drop the price. Yeah. Um, uh, it's still worth more. We're going to drop the price. We finally, we finally dropped it to a price where we got an offer and, and the, the buyer brought a list to us of the number of things that they wanted to fix that our house didn't have. So, you know, I could have haggled with them, but I, I, I felt the Lord, you know, just do it. And so I dropped the price again mm-hmm. and, and we finally sold it. And, and that was the number one hurdle we had. And then the projects I had to, to line up. So really paying the cost to get here was a high one for us. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think why we got so much out of our time here is, is because we started it knowing, knowing the cost and being willing to pay the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we arrived in January, 2015 and, uh, uh, my initial plan had been to, to let my wife do the school and I could work. And, and once we sat down with, uh, the leaders here at the school with Jordy, with Steve and Vicky, we we really realized quickly that we needed to both do the school and, yeah. and that, uh, 
we both needed to spend some time healing. So that was a, a, a really vulnerable decision for us to make, mm-hmm. you know, cause I had always, from the day I, I fell in love with Jesus again, I had always, I'd always provided for myself. I had always created opportunity and, and, you know, the Lord blessed me in it, but I had used the sweat of my brow and, and the calluses on my hands yeah. to provide for us. And, and now he was asking for complete trust. Mm-hmm. You know, he was asking for me to give that all up and be in a position of vulnerability and really trust him to do this. And it was, it was a very, you know, it took me years <laughs> to really see the fruit of that decision to trust him. And did during that time, did you ever regret it? Uh, I never regretted it, but I questioned it yeah. almost daily. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Orville was in a little, still clawing its way out of the recession when we arrived here. Um, and there was just opportunity all around. And, and I would look at opportunity and, and say, oh, I could do that if I wasn't doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's $100,000 driving you know, driving around town, I could, I could make a hundred thousand dollars there yeah, or there or there, you know, and, and at the time I, you know, I was uh, going through the internship here and I, I had all this, I had all of this experience in ministry. Um, but I found myself not using it or mm-hmm. didn't think I was using it in my day to day. So there was a lot, there was a lot of, of questioning why I had, you know, why the Lord had led me here. If I can see opportunity all around me, um, and I know I have the ability and I know how to, to make that seed grow. Yeah. Why aren't you calling me to make that seed grow Lord? Mm -hmm. And I would pray about it constantly and and the Lord would always bring me back to my decisions. And and he would tell me, I sent you here for a purpose and you haven't achieved that purpose yet. Hmm. And I had to sit there and trust him, you know, as as all of my business contacts began to dissolve in in Canada. And, 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 uh, you know, it was just it was a continual laying down of of my of my own ability to provide for myself, to to be the man and and learning how to trust him, you know, learning, learning that his plan will look like whatever his plan is. You yeah. Know, it doesn't have to look like what I expect it to look like. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, yeah, it was a grueling first couple of years learning that. Um, but I, I started, I started to get it right around my, my second year here. I really started to let things go, really started to live life trusting him you know, really started to, to see the fruit of my life in other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I began to see other people having life because I had given up, uh, what I had given up. You know, I began to, to see that how the work I was doing, uh, with the father's house ministry was really impacting people in a way that it wouldn't impact people if I wasn't here. Yeah. 
and it became it became easier and easier and easier every day that passed um to see how the lord was coming through for me mm-hmm. i began to to be set free from so much self-reliance and and selfishness yeah. <laughs> real deep in inrooted selfishness even though i had been i had always been a generous person i had always i'd always given out of my abundance and and really strive to be that person you know when when the lord brought me into a season of really trusting him i got to see um i really got to see all of that being tested mm-hmm. and and luckily i came out shining on the other side but yeah <laughs> and there's it was, it was a process yeah and there's gonna be i mean who knows what's the next step to climb and yeah right that's what steve always says further up farther in and um it's almost like for you podcast listeners you can probably play some bingo with our, our catchphrases yeah. on here we might maybe we'll get that on the uh, podcast notes someday um steve orsillo bingo with yeah further up farther in i did that <laughs> my first couple times here and like Oh, he said, let's go together to the mountain of the Lord. Okay, yeah. you know, but it's think, it's true, right? I think uh, for for the, if there's any Canadians out there listening, the number one uh, struggle that my wife and I really had is, is my wife had suffered a number of years um, with epilepsy, and so health care was a, was a huge oh, concern yeah. of ours. The, uh, the first uh, year we were, you know, we were able to afford private, uh, healthcare, but you know, as a Canadian in this foreign land, yeah, this craziness, <laughs> we had no idea how to ne- ne- navigate this uh, this world of of private insurance and yeah. healthcare, and and uh, it got to the point where we couldn't afford to p- pay for private insurance anymore, and and the Lord really uh, just challenged us to trust Him mm-hmm. in that, and. Uh, we found that he'd been he had been making a way for us the entire time and uh we ended up getting pregnant with my son and uh qualifying for all kinds of wonderful yeah through that wonderful programs because of because of the decisions we had made not to not to make an income yeah throughout a year and and really uh the position that we had put ourselves in you know qualified us to really see the Lord come through in, in miraculous ways. And we have, we have never been in, been in a medical situation that he has not provided for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it was something we'd never, we never would have been able to see him move in that way in our life if we had followed our own plan yeah. and, and taken care of ourselves. And, you know, so it was in the little things like that. Mm-hmm. where we we had to wrestle with our own fears we had to wrestle with our own um insecurities and and when we wrestled with them and, and ended up trusting him you know he was never he never ceased to come through for us you know yeah. he always came through and he was always faithful yeah and you guys as a family have big things on the horizon too right yeah we're expecting a little girl all right. In March. My son was born on my birthday, and uh, the due date for our second child 
our little girl is my birthday so okay there you not go. the due dates you know. are ever right but we're right. hoping that hey maybe uh we can yeah. start something here yeah i mean you know knock all the birthdays out yeah. she only has to buy gifts once a it's year it's great and, i i, you know. I hate celebrating myself so this way i can yeah there you go i can Man, put all the attention on the that kids one out. <laughs> i didn't i guess I, my first daughter was due near my birthday but she was two weeks late so yeah Dang. Oh, well. And uh, I was I was thinking the whole time because I'm, you know, still learning this bio thing. Of course, you have Oliver, who's little Jovi's best friend and yep. they run around and they oh, scream yeah. at each other. Nathan and I are neighbors. So we look out the door and wave at each other. And they're either they're either loving each other or hating each other. Yeah. One of I mean, two. but that's how best friends go when <laughs> yeah. you're three. Right. Well, hey, I appreciate your your honesty, your candor and and sharing with us your journey. Um, it's Thanks. been cool to walk with you over the past year and, and I, I really hope that I can learn some of the things that, that you learned in maybe less difficult ways because now you're yeah. here. Um, yes, please. Cause I, I struggle. Yeah. I struggle with that too. Like that whole, uh, providing for a family of, mm. of, you know, wife and kids. And, um, you know, I never, I guess I never really considered myself a selfish person until I'm faced with the yeah. selflessness of Christ right and yeah, absolutely. and giving your life away as a as not just an option out there but as yeah. the the mode of operation in christianity and so more and more like that's that's the thing i'm struggling with now is like you know i'm yeah. far more selfish than i ever realized and uh i've i've found the uh the best way to really see the lord come through for you is, is to give your life away every yeah. every Every time I've we've been faced with a need, we've we've been challenged to give our life a little bit more. It doesn't have to be money; it could be yeah. effort, energy, time. And mm-hmm. as we do that, the Lord we always met with the Lord's faithfulness in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, that's the plan, and uh, keep keep in touch with the Uncommon Truth for more updates. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Nathan. That's it for our conversation this week on The Uncommon Truth. But if you're looking for more, we definitely have more to offer. Head down in the show notes and you can take a look at our website for the Father's House Church. Some of our content you can get on YouTube. That's our sermons by Jordy and Steve and some of our other pastors. And you can also get Steve's books on Amazon. So check out the link for those there. You'll see my email address there. I'd definitely love to hear what you think about the podcast If there's a topic you want to hear us discuss or feedback you want to give on an episode, anything like that, I'd love to hear it. So shoot me an email. And you can also check out some of our Instagram and Facebook pages to see what it's like behind the scenes here at the Father's House Church. We'd welcome your interaction there. And now here's a little taste of Southside to leave you with on the uncommon truth.